Welcome to Real Life Full Equity Podcast with your hosts, Justin and Keisha Brooks. Hey, welcome to the show. Our goal is to share with you real life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing ease to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. Welcome to the show. All right, hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Real Life Real Equity. And we have an amazing guest for you today. We have an international guest. We're super excited about this guest today. He is a business Serpio based in Melbourne, Australia, with a background in leadership, coaching, and applied business. Unlike many coaches and consultants, he's actually built a business from an ad hoc startup in his three square meter kitchen to a seven figure operation with staff and suppliers from around the globe. From doing this, he has acquired firsthand experience in everything from product design and procurement to team management, financial reporting, vendor negotiations and social media marketing. He survived the personal aspects of entrepreneurship, the allure of success and fear of failure in every waking minute and learned the hard lessons seldom taught by anyone. His biggest focus is that he can offer more than just buzzwords and vague advice, but he also shows you how to grow your business while reducing your workload and keeping you focused and accountable along the way. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Melbourne, Australia, welcome our guest today, Tristan Wright. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Man, it was so awesome to have you reach out to us so you could be on the show. I've read a little bit about what you do, a little bit about your story. You obviously have an accent, so tell us about where you're from. Tell us about your business and kind of what got you into entrepreneurship. I'm going to say, I don't have the accent. You have the accent. <laughs> I love what you have. See, and that last time I went to Australia, that's the same thing they said to me, so I love it. <laughs> yeah, you, got, you guys are the ones that sound fun, funny, not us. <laughs> that's right. I'm from uh, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm not the one. I'm the one that, that speaks normally, not you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I love it. So talk to us a little bit about your entrepreneurship journey. Talk to us about the business you're in and kind of how you got started with that. Yeah, easy. So my my background, I, I went to uni like a lot of people. I studied mechanical engineering and industrial design. And I worked in that space for a little while. But I was never really fully engaged in that space. So an opportunity came up whilst I was riding my push bike with a bunch of mates to organize some some uniforms for them. And out of organizing those uniforms, I saw a gap in the market in the to actually set up my own little business. And and that gap was making custom sportswear in the cycling and triathlon and, and running space. Out of that I did my research and and set up the set up this business and as a side hustle before side hustles were cool. <laughs> That's right. I, I didn't hear about side hustles until what they became cool about five years ago, and and my side hustle started ten odd years ago. Oh yeah, so, yeah. The original, the original. So you you started off as a mechanical engineer, industrial design. You went to the university in in Melbourne, Australia. Yep. And then you transitioned into Sports apparel. What is that a lifelong dream? Is that a passion? How did that how did that transition happen? No, it wasn't a lifelong dream to transition into that. Uh it was I've always loved sport and and an opportunity presented itself and I and I've always loved 
wanted to work for myself. So this was the opportunity that was working or that could work. So I saw that gap in the market and and set up that business in my spare time because it allowed me to be more involved in one of the sports that I really enjoyed. Had had loads of fun. Like I, was, I set this up at, I don't know, 24, 25. I was working my day job and at the same time, so I was leaving work at five o'clock, went home and then was working to midnight kind of thing. I was doing probably 350 grand whilst I was still working full time. Wow. So I, I set it up so that I was outsourcing. I had other people doing a lot of the work. So I had... I set up an office in the Philippines uh, and I was manufacturing offshore. So I was effectively being the point man or the quarterback, just directing all, all the work in the early days. I, I eventually went full-time on that business and quite quickly got to, got to a seven-figure business. And when you're doing seven figures when you're 26 or 27, you end up becoming quite arrogant and have a massive ego because you've achieved all this early success and you think you can't be, can't be broken and you're the best, best there is. Quite quickly, I learned that's not the case because I was planning for all best case scenarios, but I, I, didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know. In a six-month window, the Aussie dollar tanked against the US dollar, so we lost 20 25% of our margin. Wow. At the same, same time that my wife said our, our marriage was over. So, oh, wow. yeah, it wasn't fun. <laughs> wow. Now that's, that's a, that's tough. And I want to, I want to kind of back up a little bit. You said you yeah. started your side hustle before a side hustle was a side hustle and yeah. you had $350,000 worth of revenue long before you ever decided to quit your job. That's yes. a huge point. And I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you've heard of Gary Vaynerchuk yes. or follow him. Yeah. Dude is like legitimately the real deal. And Something you said is, is I can hear the passion in your voice, one, two. Gary Vanderchick talks about working your full-time job, getting off your full-time job and hustling your butt off until, you know, 11, 12 o'clock in the morning, going to bed, waking up, doing it all over again if you really want to go after it and get it. You are a great example of just that. You didn't have to go and sew all the shirts. You outsourced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you quarterback the rest. So yeah, I, that's an amazing story. But let's go into a little bit because you were you were talking about ego, and I think that that is one of the major kryptonites in business, ego. And <laughs> yes. uh, there was a book about it that Ryan Holiday wrote. It was called uh, Ego Is Enemy, and one of the things he talks about is how ego can cause you a lot of heartache. Talk about that, and talk about how um, even in success. We talk a lot about the heartaches and the, and the hardships in business, but in success, you had heartache. Talk about that for a minute. Just quickly, there's another book. I'm not sure if you've heard of uh, Leif Babin and Jocko Willink. They've, they, two, two ex-Navy uh, Navy SEALs. And what's, they, the, what's the name of the book called? Uh, Extreme Ownership. Oh, yeah, man. I've heard of it. I got it on my Audible. Yeah. They've got two books. And yeah, the other one's Dichotomy of Leadership. Yeah. Definitely need to go and listen or listen to it or read it. Tell us a little bit about the story. Yeah. So for me, ego, I, I, I had a lot of instant success. Uh, if you, if you're looking back at it simplistically and, and I did it, I had it, that success self-taught. So I went out and did all the hard work and I thought because I've done all the hard work and I've had this success, 
this isn't hard. Uh, and it's like, I don't need help from other others because, because I can do it all myself, but I could only do what I knew myself. I didn't know that there was things that I didn't know. And, and that was what drove the, drove my ego, what drove my arrogance because I had success in my little fish pond. I didn't know that my fish pond was a lot bigger yeah than than what i could see you got an ego you didn't realize that you didn't know what you didn't know and what that's a very powerful statement right there you didn't know what you didn't know and i catch myself it was a book i read by keith cunningham and here here we go again talking about books it's a book i read (laughs) by keith cunningham and he talked about how if you try to think about the things that you don't know then you can at least come out with some level of planning to plan for the things that you don't even know about. And so it was a really powerful concept, um, but I'm not gonna belabor on. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not checked out the newsletter, definitely go check out the newsletter. We're about to name off some books. And if you're not on the newsletter right now, definitely go subscribe because the things we're gonna rattle off are definitely gonna be in the newsletter. Go to realliferalequity.com forward slash newsletter right now. Subscribe right now today. Get on this newsletter so that we can uh, make sure you get on this list of books. We just talked about the dichotomy of leadership Extreme Ownership by Jacko Willick. And we're about to go through some stuff. And before the end of this podcast, uh, Tristan and I are going to have a book off as I'm, as I'm going to call it a book off. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to see how many books we can name and, uh, you know, see if we can be a resource. So you seem really confident now. Was this always the case? I mean, did you always start off confident? I know we talked about ego before, but you know, even in the humbling experience you had, what did that look like as far as growing your confidence back? Uh, so it's really interesting. Growing up as a kid, I had loads of confidence. And whilst I was having success, I had loads of confidence. But when I had issues, I lost all of my, my confidence. And I had to rebuild it over time and rebuild it in a way that it wouldn't disappear. So Oh, that's good. Because it's easy, it's easy to, to have a Band-Aid fix and treat, uh, treat the symptom. But if you don't you treat the symptom, you're, you're always going to have issues coming up over time. So there's going to be another trigger. So it's about not just treating the symptom, but treating the cause and, and understanding why you're acting like this or why you're feeling like this. Is your confidence founded or unfounded? Yeah, you said you lost all your confidence after you lost all of your stuff personal and professional. So I'd lost, I'd built my identity around the business. And, and at the same time, I, I, I basically lost, I didn't lose it, but I basically lost the business at the same time as losing my, my marriage. I felt like I'd lost my identity out of that. How can, how did you come back from that? I mean, like you said, you had to think about what was the cause? What was the thing that got you your confidence back what did you use some form of meditation did you go back and read a whole bunch of stuff how did you get from point a to point b realizing everything that happens to me is a direct consequence of my action i have to take ownership of everything that happens to me wow and that's not that's not hyperbole that that is a level of insightfulness on your part and, and i can i can tell just the way you talk and that which is why i said we're gonna have a book off i can tell by just by the way you talk 
there was a level of uh, re-engaging your mind, renewing your mind that you had to go through when you did lose what you lost. It, it wasn't fun. <laughs> so, but at the end of the day, like I'd, I'd gone through life and I hadn't had any real challenges until that period. Uh, I, everyone has challenges in life, but I hadn't had any real emotional, financial, mental challenges until that period. So, and whilst it was tough at the time, I, I needed to go through it so I could learn and grow and have a, a much more engaged and happy, happy life moving forward. Wow. And that's the silver lining right there. You needed to go through it so that you can have a better life. I think that many times as entrepreneurs, sometimes we can get caught the day-to-day grind, the laborious and the just the grind, man, just the doing the thing over and over and over again that we can get caught up and say, you know what, this is not fair. Why is this happening to me? But, you know, Tony Robbins talks a lot about life isn't happening to you, it's happening for you. And you just Correct. demonstrated that. So, so talk we're talking about Tony Robbins, another <laughs> book here. Yeah. Tony Robbins learned all of his, a lot of his stuff from Jim Rohn. Yes. So I don't, I don't follow Tony Robbins, I follow Jim Rohn's principles. So I just find it a lot easier to digest. Man, we are big Jim Rohn fans in this house. I mean, huge <laughs> Jim Rohn fans. God, oh, yeah. We're going to have a conversation about that too. So definitely for sure. So now we got a book off and we got Jim Rohn conversations because Jim Rohn yeah. changed my life firsthand. Jim, um, yeah, Jim Rohn's amazing. So he's part, obviously passed now, but yeah. the impact that he has on people it's is amazing. Like his messages are in a lot more digestible way yeah his messages are a lot more digestible than tony robbins yeah absolutely tony robbins is definitely high level yes. tell us just a little bit about your realities and entrepreneurship like you know we talked about a, a few of the difficulties we talked about some of the some of the glamorous talk to us about what what your company looks like today so i i went i actually went and sold that previous company and out of that i was lucky enough to to have a bit of time out and think what I wanted to do next and design my next company as a tool for life. People get stuck in the day-to-day of business and forget about life. And at the end of the day, business is a tool for life. Business Uh, is a tool for life. It is. It's a tool to allow you to do what you want. And you might want to spend time working in the business, but you might want to pick and choose when you work. And uh, at the end of the day, we life is more important than business. Business is just a tool to help us do what we want as part of that greater picture. Yeah. So let's go into this a little bit deeper because you call yourself the chief business Sherpa, right? Yes. So talk to us a little bit about that. Where did that title come from? All right. So you've heard of Mount Everest? Yep. I sure have. Let's say you wanted to go and climb Mount Everest. Tell me what you would do. Would you climb it by yourself or would Absolutely you get somebody not. to help you? I would definitely get somebody to help me. Yeah, so probably a Sherpa, someone that goes up Mount mm-hmm. Everest all the time. Yep. So think of your business and the goals of your business as Mount Everest. Mm, wow. So top of Mount Everest is your business goal. I, I help business owners get to the top of their business to the top of Mount Everest, hence the words business Sherpa. Yeah, I see. I see where that can come into play. So 
Talk to us about the differences between American business and Australian business, if there are any, and then talk to us about, you know, you sold your company out. Now you're the business Sherpa. Obviously, if I'm going to listen to somebody, it's going to be somebody who has sold their company out. Of course, you know, for my more skeptical listeners, um, you sold it out, I'm assuming at a profit, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I, so. didn't make, I didn't make a massive profit, but I made enough that I didn't have to go back to work tomorrow kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's a, a very transparent statement, but the reality is you sold your company at a profit and you're not at work right now. So, you yeah, know, you've done I, the majority. I've got my new company and I'm, I'm the, which has evolved to grow and, and that's my new vocation. Yeah. Uh, I, I had that time off in between selling the sportswear business and, and this business and, but I'm lucky enough that I've designed this new business in a way that I can work three days a week or five days a week. I can work in Melbourne. I can work in Bali. I could work in America. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about what that looks like. I mean, from the perspective of a American business owner um, versus an Australian business owner, I don't see very many differences, but of course I don't live in Australia either. And I'm sure you've done business in America, correct? Yes, I've got a couple of clients. I've got a, got a client in North Carolina. I've got a client in, in New York. At the end of the day, oh, I'm about to go into another book. The human mind, no matter where, is intrinsically the same. So I'm listening to an audio book called Sapiens at the moment, which is a, a brief history of humankind. And it's just talking about wow. how we've evolved. And just because we're on different side of the world, the way as it doesn't make that much of a difference. The way our human mind is actually is structured is is very much the same. It's just the environment that's slightly different in terms of business and the core frameworks. They they're always going to be the same. It's the environment that changes, and the environment is only a small component of the actual business. We've hit on a lot, man. In just a short amount of time that we've been on this call or in this interview, Sapiens was the last book he named. So I think we're up to like five books uh, (laughs) and one one, uh, public speaker to follow, one business philosopher, I should say more correctly with Jim Rohn. Oh, let's talk about Ray Dalio and his print. His oh book, my God. Yeah. <laughs> let's just, let's just throw in all the names while we're at it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a minute. So you've obviously heard and read Ray Dalio's book principles. I'm probably three quarters of a way through it. It's so rich. It's such a rich book. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm probably only about three quarters of the way through it at the moment as well. And the first half was, or the first part of it was quite dry and I struggled with it. But once, once we got into it, I was like, uh, and got into his journey, I was just thinking about all the different ways his principles can be applied. I, I just love picking up bits and pieces from different people and distilling it into my own version. When I first picked that book up, like uh, I agree with you, it was, it was kind of dry in the first half. I got about halfway through it. I put it down. It was like eating a rich chocolate cake or something. I mean, it was, I like mm-hmm. to eat. So, I mean, I would compare it to some food, but it's just, it was, it was so rich. I said, I got to change my whole life. I started doing my principles and, and then I said, I got to pick this thing back up. And I got about another quarter of the way through. And I was just like, Oh my God, I'm not doing this life right. Yeah. So it's a very powerful book. Again, Ray Dalio principles. If you have not read the book, Definitely go check it out on Amazon. We're going to put it in our newsletter as well. But oh my God. Oh my God. 
<laughs> just an amazing book. Before we get off, I want to get one, I want to get you three golden nuggets. I want to get three golden nuggets from you that you can give to our audience right now today that would help them advance your business. One, two, I want to do something special. You have successfully ran an online business, online, offline business where you had outsourced products in other countries. I would like for you to run us through a business model where if somebody listened to this podcast, they can at least get from concept to some level of inception with nothing more than an idea in their head. That one is simple. Work out your unique value proposition. Oh, okay. Okay. Or basically work out how you're different, okay. how you're better, why people are going to buy from you. So, okay. you need, so if you've got a concept, no point doing anything else until you know what your unique value proposition is. Okay. So I'm going to push you a little bit. So once we know our unique selling proposition, then what? Amazing question. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we've got our unique value proposition. This is going to go into my one of my tips work out what you want business and life to look like in three years time wow so wow. don't have any limitations just write down on a piece of paper um bullet point it what you want your business to look like best case scenario what you want your life to look like best case scenario then use your unique value proposition and work out how that unique value proposition is going to get you there and create reverse engineer roadmap and milestones for it. Wow. Okay. So you, once you get past your unique selling proposition, I'm going to just try to sum this up. You said the next step, and it's going to get into one of your golden nuggets. So I got one golden nugget from you work out what you want your business and life look like in the best case scenario in three years, that yeah, so is it. Take away all limits. So that, that is a very powerful statement you made. And I, I want to say that um, I knew this before and every time I hear it, I just, I'm floored because I hear it in a new way because I'm a new person, but you know, it's a big push in, in uh, business to create lifestyle based businesses. And when you can create a lifestyle based business, you can truly do, what you want. You mentioned it before. I can work, you can work in uh, Bali. You can work in Melbourne. You can work in America. You can work anywhere you yep. want because you've created not only your unique selling proposition, but you've created how you wanted your life to be designed. Correct. So there's no point designing, creating a business if it's not going to serve how you want to live your life. And then you said you wanted to break down the how. So once you have your unique selling proposition and you created your ideal life scenario, then you want to break down in the bullet points how you can see getting to the ultimate three-year goal, right? Yeah. So basically you need to reverse engineer okay. milestones to be on track where the business needs to be in two years' time, where it needs to be in one year one year's time, six months and 90 days. What measures would uh if if we're on track what are these measures of success so that allows us to focus on achieving achieving those measures so it might be that we want to be a three million dollar business three years time in one year's time we need to be a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar business right in three months time we we need to have four leads or four contracts that will will be giving us 200 grand each 
per annum. So how do we find those four contracts? And then that our focus ends up being purely on finding those four contracts that will get us to, to that 750K per annum turnover in a year's time. So we don't worry about going small. We don't worry about the, the $10,000 jobs. We work out how to get the, the four, four contracts that will be 200, worth 200K each. Boom. I mean, that you, I asked you, you delivered. I mean, it, it was, it's not as easy as it sounds, which is why you call yourself the chief business Sherpa. You would never try to climb out Everest without having a guide. You wouldn't want to try to go and run this business without having a guide. I read a statistic a couple of months back and it said that the majority of fortune 500 CEOs are engineers. Yeah. I'm just putting that out there. It doesn't, doesn't surprise me because because of the way the mind thinks. So for all of my people that are listening out there, all of the audience members that are listening out there, one of the number one uh, for any CEO is an engineer. And we just learned from Tristan, he was a mechanical engineer, industrial design. He has the engineering mindset. And if you listen to it, he said, you create bullet points and metrics to break down on a year by year, month by month basis and figure out what you need to do next to hit those goals. That's so, yeah. You basically put in place that roadmap, start yeah. three years, one year, then quarterly. And once you've got that roadmap or that framework, you can then flesh out what you actually need to do to get to each of those milestones. All right. So let's, let's go with this Jim Rohn. So talk to me a little bit about Jim Rohn. Talk to me about how you change your life and I'll give you my story as well. Good question. Uh, really good question. For me, it was about opening up my mind to other possibilities. And he was a one. He was one of the guys that were like, yes, you need to design the life that you want to live, and think about where you are now and where you want to get to. And there's no point living a life and just going month by month you need to have have a goal plan and you need to otherwise you're just going to be going backwards in essence he he was one of the guys that this just listening to how he spoke uh, allowed me to unlock the thoughts and feelings that i'd had over time now my jim Rohn story is very similar to a lot of people's. I listen to Jim Rohn as almost like a therapy session. So I'll get on YouTube um, because you don't have, nowadays you don't have to have just about anything. You can literally find just about anybody on YouTube. Mm. I get on YouTube and I find Jim Rohn, you know, a two or three or four hour seminar that he put on back in the eighties that somebody recorded and uploaded to YouTube university. And I play it and I'm driving around and his words are so melodic it's calming. Yeah. If you've, if you've ever listened to Jim Rome speak, it is some of the most calming, thought-provoking, inspirational, motivational, actionable tips you can get from any business philosopher. Tony Robbins is big now, but who was Tony Robbins' mentor? Exactly. Jim Rome. Jim Rome. Yeah. Tony Rome. Robbins learned 90% of what he knows I don't know if it's 90%, but the majority of what he knows, he learned from Jim Rohn. And Darren Hardy, another great, phenomenal motivational speaker, business philosopher, entrepreneur, learned what he learned from Jim Rohn. One of our good friends, Kyle Wilson, was uh, Jim Rohn's 18-year business partner. 
He helped oh, wow. Jim Rohn. Yeah, it, it is amazing how much of an impact Jim Rohn's message had. Actually, Kyle Wilson was one of the guys, one of the reasons why Jim Rohn's message got to so many people because he has an amazing marketing mind. Okay, so that was a Jim Rohn, and here is what everybody has been waiting for. Actually, I have, I'm the only one that really has been waiting for this. I want to do the <laughs> book off. I'm excited because I get to hear all the books you're going to name. So if you have a pen and paper, great. If you don't, no worries. Somebody somewhere is uh, recording this. Uh, that's me. No, somebody somewhere <laughs> is transcribing this and putting it into the newsletter so that we can get it. Shout out to Keisha. Uh, uh, she's helping orchestrate that team in the background. So, okay, book off. So let's go. We're going to go with the top five best books that you have off the top of your head. Go. So we've, we've got uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink okay. and Leif Babin. The Ultimate Jim Rohn Library. So it's it's not a book, but it's an audio book, 11 hours just of Jim Rohn. Ooh. Fantastic. So business-wise, The E-Myth Revisited Ooh, yeah. is another one. Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Oh, my God, yes. So how many have I given you? Uh, that's four. Uh, let's go start. I'm going to give you six. Start with Why by Simon Sinek. Oh, another good one. Okay. And then Sapiens um, is, okay. is a good all-rounder. All right. All right. So I can't name the same one. So I'm going to go with Unlimited Power. Can't, can't go without thinking, grow rich. Um, how to win friends and influence people. The Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. Outwitting the Devil. A phenomenal book. Outwitting the Devil is a phenomenal, phenomenal book. I love the E-Myth. God, I wish you hadn't said that one. Um, you should have said Thinking, Grow Rich as well. Well, you, I mean, if you got more, I'm definitely down. I, uh, I had a uh, five. Let me see if I can match your six. Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. Uh, let's go. We've got Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill as well. Okay. There's another one. Can't forget about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, number one best-selling financial author of oh, all yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can't, we can't miss that one. Darren Hardy's Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. Man, this is fun. Um, and eat again, that frog. eat that eat frog. That frog by Brian Tracy. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah, we, we could keep going forever, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah, we could. So, um, with that being said, man, I want to thank you for showing up, showing out, and giving us some real life actionable tips. This is real life real equity. This was real. This was real life, and you definitely gained some some. Uh, entrepreneurial tips in this message. Um, again, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, go do that now because all those books we named are going to be in our newsletter. So realliferequity.com forward slash newsletter. Tristan, how can they get a hold of you? Let's look in the show notes. And in the show notes, it's going to have my website and my LinkedIn details. EvolveToGrow.com.au and LinkedIn is Tristan Wright. There you go. EvolveToGrow.com.au Yes, because that's Australia. So evolvetogrow.com.au. Don't forget the .au or you won't get to them. Um, And then, of course, check them out on LinkedIn, Tristan Wright on LinkedIn. Um, Amazing guy, man. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Appreciate it. All our audience members, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much for having me. Wow, that was a really powerful episode. I am really excited about what he had to share with our audience. It was full of real life insight. By the way, if you are not subscribed to our newsletter, I encourage you to do that right now because you will receive on a weekly basis tips and tools just like what Tristan had to offer sent right to your email 
Each week as we put out a new episode of Real Life Real Equity, you can go right now to our website at realliferalequity.com forward slash newsletter and see your information and be put on a list. We want to thank you so much again for being a part of our listening audience. And while you have the opportunity, go ahead and leave us a great review. We truly appreciate you and we look forward to next week. Absolutely. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.